Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Turn your, in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Several um, years ago, uh, I made a, an adjustment. I made an adjustment in my life because uh, uh, I enjoyed jogging and, and exercising, but uh, after my body began to break down, I realized that... Uh, uh, that wasn't going to be an option for me anymore. So many of you know that what I try to do now is swim. And so when I began to swim, uh, it was something I really wasn't excited about doing, but I knew that it was something I needed to do. And uh, so as I got in the pool, just like many of you, I realized very clearly and very quickly uh, that this physical body is really not made to stay in water. You know, it's not built to, to, to survive in water unless there are some adjustments. And uh, so I, I made some adjustments as far as, you know, being able to see. It's not fun if you can't see what's going on. Your eyes are all messed up. And um, I also had to adjust how I breathe. If we're going to be doing laps and things like that, you've got... So we've all been there. We know it's, that's real elementary. It's kind of like riding a bike. You've got, to, you've got to make some adjustments in order to do that. And if you want to spend a lot of time in there, then you... Uh, then you begin to make a bigger adjustment as far as like scuba equipment, uh, self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. And uh, so, you know, that's good if you're going to hang out there for a while. But bottom line, these bodies, these physical bodies are not built to last and stay. We're not made for the water. Uh so you're going, what are you, what's your point? My point is, is that just as our, we and our physical bodies weren't built for water, we and our spiritual lives and every, every other aspect aren't built for this world. We're not. I mean, God, God didn't create us for this world. We're sojourners in this world. And there are certain times that we become painfully aware of that. Whenever you're, whenever you're trying to gasp for war, uh, air and your mouth is still in the water, you know immediately you're not made for water. You're, our lungs are built to be filled with air. And there, there are certain experiences in our life that come that help us and remind us, man, this is not our home. We're not built for this. This past week has been one of those weeks for me to where uh, uh, problems and difficulties and challenges and, and uh, disappointments and things of that have just been a strong, strong, profound reminder that this is not our home. Uh, and that is one of the things that, that encourages me as, as we come to look at this particular passage because it's here in this passage, in this book, uh, in First Peter, that Peter is talking some some discouraged believers, some folks that know that, hey, man, this is this is tough and this is difficult. And, and so they're discouraged. And there are some of you here today that you know, like me, you've experienced the problems and the discouragements and the trials and the temptations. It's like, man, man, when will they ever end? But it's here that we see uh, 
the uh, Peter, the apostle Peter speaking to this whole aspect of how to live in this world. That we're not built for this world to last here. And what God would have us to do. So let's, let's look at this passage together. First Peter chapter 1, as we begin this series, Everything to Live For. And there are times in your life, perhaps there, you may be here today and you go, man, I don't have a whole lot to live for. But he's coming to remind you and me, you've got everything to live for. We've got everything to live for. Perhaps you know someone that's, that they're just struggling right now. And, and God wants to remind you how you and they have everything to live for. Let's read this passage together. First Peter chapter 1. For he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, which we were in this summer, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may prove genuine, which may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're, you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank You so much for this day. We thank You for the opportunity that we have to come and sit Jesus at Your feet. We ask that through our time today that, uh, Lord, we would just not uh, come to get some information, but, Lord, we would be um, just humbled before you, open in our hearts and minds to, to receive your truth and your encouragement, and that we would experience you as our rock of ages, that we would encounter uh, the power of your might to save, that we would be able to truly sing hallelujah for the cross and all that you've accomplished for us through it. Now today, Lord, I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts, uh, that you would encourage us uh, through your presence and through your promises. Lord, and I pray that uh, for those that are here today that, uh, that are just rejoicing. God, we praise you for that. But also, Lord, for those who come today and uh, they've experienced the disappointments and the discouragements and the trials and the tribulations. Uh, Lord, that we're reminded of here that these fellow believers experienced some 2,000 years ago. That hasn't changed. Neither has your glory and your power. And so today... Fill us with your living hope 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so it's in that passage that, that we see that, uh, that Peter says, okay, I know you're going through a few tri- uh, trials right now, but the, quite honestly, that is a huge, huge understatement. Christians at that time were being fed to lions. Uh, they were being burned at the stake. Nero uh, burned uh, Rome uh, uh, in AD, uh, 64 AD, and he blamed the Christians for it. They were being tortured. They were being imprisoned. Uh, they were being thrown into the Colosseum and being, you know, ripped apart uh, by wild animals. And he said, now I know you're going through some trials. I mean, my goodness. But a few, even a few years after this, Peter himself was crucified. But it's here that he gives us this powerful reminder of what we need to remember when we are discouraged, when we are distraught, whenever we are overwhelmed by this world that we weren't built for. And he's saying, I want to come in and undergird you and help remind you of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And so here he's reminding us of how we can begin to focus on what's really true and really good in his promises and allow them to settle within our heart, within our hearts and within our souls. So you ready to look at them? What do you remember? Discouraged. Number one, God has chosen me to be a part of his family. Now, every one of these are going to be very simple, but very profound. And he said, I want you to come back to the basics whenever you are going through this life. I want you to come back, make the adjustments with your attention, with your focus, and just remember this. God has chosen me to be a part of his family. As a believer, this is the truth that he wants to remind you, me and you of. And uh, verse 2, the NLT says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And you might just want to circle that line, uh, circle that word or highlight that word. Chose. God chose you. Be reminded of that. Your salvation is no accident. He chose you long before you ever cared anything about him. The Good News Version says you were chosen according to the purpose of God. And that brings up some, some questions for us that we need to just reflect on for a few minutes. Number one, why would in the world would God do that? Why would He choose me? Maybe you've asked that. Maybe you're going, I, I don't, what do I have to offer? Why would He choose me? Did it have anything to do with you or your goodness? Did it have anything to do with that for any of us? Absolutely not. It's not because of something that we have done, but it's because of who He is. He is a God of love, and He is a sovereign God. And we understand grace, as we understand grace, we become more and more endeared to our love relationship with God the Father. We don't deserve it. It doesn't have anything to do with us. God chose you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, just allow Him to just direct your attention to that. I chose you. I chose you. Yes, I know what you're going through, but I want you to I want you to know this. I chose you. He reminds us in this passage also about on what basis that he did this. Look what he says in and uh, this next verse. He says, In God's great mercy, He has caused us to be born again into a living hope because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You might want to circle or highlight that word mercy. You know, it's based on God's mercy, not our performance. We don't earn it. It's all about Him. The Creator of the universe says, I want you. And we can try to slough that off. And I know a lot of people, you know, we, we're just down on ourselves. He said, I want you. I want to demonstrate my life and my glory through you and in your life. I have a purpose and I have a plan. Notice he says that we are born again. 
That's, a, that's an old time phrase that uh, we don't hear a lot of anymore, but uh, we are born again. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, if you're born into like uh, the royal family or something, Wimbledon wasn't too far back, you know, and just watching all that highbrow kind of stuff. If you're born into royalty, you've got all that royalty available to you. It's because of who you are, not, not because of what you've done. It's because you were born into that. And God's saying, I want to remind you, believers, I want to remind you that you have all of me. Through my Holy Spirit, you're born into royalty. And, you know, and... and, and uh, even before, even before you were born, God says, I'm bringing you into a relationship with me. You know, if somebody just around you just starts bragging with all they've got or, or bragging about their business or something like that, you can just tell them, hey, listen, my father has, my father has uh, uh, headquarters in every city in the world. You know, uh, you know so matter of fact, my father owns this plane that we're flying on right now. He owns the air above it and the air below it. That's who my father is. We need to remind ourselves of that. And so often we're looking at our resources and not the resources that we have in him. As we come today, God just wants to encourage you and me with, with this truth. God chose us. God chose you. And some of you, you're coming in and you're going, man, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm part of God's royal family. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I've got all of God available to me. That's, feelings aren't going to tell you the truth. The truth is, is that God is able. You may feel like you're just barely hanging on. You may be hurting deeply, facing uh, tough situations in, in your life and your relationships. You're, you're scared to death about some tests that are, are about to come, come in, but, and you're just going, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I just, I just feel so hopeless and helpless. And God said, wait, 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 you're my child. I love you. I'm sovereign. I'm powerful. And I've got a plan and a purpose in your life. No matter what happens, so here's the deal, no matter what happens, uh, the rest of 2019 and 2020, in the next week, the next year, you can just write this on your notes under there. God will always love you. God will always be with you. No matter what, because He has chosen you and He's chosen me and He's saying, I want to speak this into discouraged believers. Number two, God is working in my life. You know, we go, ah, I hear that is all the time. No, he's going, I want you to take these very basic and these very simple truths, and I just want you to allow these to, to, to marinate within your soul. I chose you. I chose you. And I am working. I am working in your life. And you're going, man, it doesn't feel like that. We're not going to allow the feelings to speak the truth to us. God is always working in our life, even through the problems that we have. Here's what he says in this verse. I like the way the Living Bible puts it. He says, And the Holy Spirit has been at work in your hearts, cleansing you with the blood of Jesus Christ and making you to please Him. So He is aligning our lives to that which brings glory and honor to Him. He's always working. God's Spirit does two things. He cleanses us and He changes us. Uh, he cleanses us and He changes us. You know, we've gone through some renovations here. You can see those right here. But as far as someone coming into uh, our life and bringing about radical transformation, that's Him. That's the work of the Holy Spirit within our life. 
And he says, I want not only you to appreciate it and to enjoy it, but I want the world to see it and bring me glory. There are two benefits uh, to, to God uh, working in our life. Look at this verse uh, right here, 2C. It says, May God bless you richly and grant you increasing freedom from all anxiety and fear. Uh, that's pretty good right there. What he's saying is, number one, we are richly blessed. That's grace. That's His grace. We are richly blessed. And then He says, you will have increasing freedom from anxiety and fear. And that's what He's talking about in that verse as far as peace. Anybody need any peace right now? Anybody uh, in our world, do we need peace right now? He's saying, this, this is what I am in your life. This is who I am in your life. And I want you to focus on that. You know, as we pray for one another, the truth of the matter is, is that if we understand the grace of God and if we experience the peace of God, that changes everything. God's grace and God's peace. And some of you say, but you know, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. You know, and so, and so often others don't. But God does. God does. God knows. He knows exactly what's going on. And so here's the... the the second thing he's saying here that God is always working our life. So no matter what, no matter what happens, God will always, always help me. He will always, you can put that up under your deal. It's not on the screen, but uh, he will always help me. Here's how he's working in my life. He says this right here. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Even gold is tested by fire. And so your faith must also be tested that it may endure then you will receive praise and honor on the day when Jesus returns. So he's coming into this aspect of talking about the trials that come to our, into our life, the discouragements, the difficulties that we, that we go through. He's saying that they are uh, an opportunity for him to refine and test our faith. We know how uh, gold is refined through heat. Uh, and, and you're much more precious than that. Your faith is so much more precious than that. And so there are going to be trials because in this world that you were not built for, we're not meant for this. We're in the land of the dying, going to the land of the living. You aren't meant, you're going to experience that. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're, you're, there's going to be times you're, you're gulping in water when you thought you were about to gulp in some air. You're going to experience these difficulties. But these, God said, I never waste a hurt. I never waste these pains. And I want to come in and, and wrap my loving arms around you, but I can't do that unless you know, number one, I love you. I chose you before the foundation of the world. And then I'm always working, even whenever it feels like I'm not. So as, as we feel the heat and the struggles in, in our life and, and the trials that we're going through, in this next verse, it, here's, here's, what, here's what Paul says. He says, so we're not giving up. How could we, even though on the outside it often looked like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are... I love the way the message in Gene Peterson puts it here. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us, there's far more here than meets the eye. And he's just saying... I know it may be difficult, and I know you may not want to hear this, but, but I don't want you to lose your perspective. 
I, I don't want you to, to, to lose out on the, my promises and my presence and my truth in your life. I am working in your life. I'm working on your character so that you can reflect the grace and the truth of Jesus Christ. And there are things that come into our life. It may be a freak accident or uh, just something unexpected uh, that says, how in the world can God use this? But every one of us as followers have seen and experienced those times when there is somebody that just was felt devastated and God took and He transformed that. He redeemed that in our life. He's saying, I want you to know, I chose you, I love you, and I'm always working in your life. Next, that's number three. God has secured my future. God has secured. When I'm, when I'm experiencing difficult times and I'm going, oh, I want this to happen right now, God said, whoa, 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 I want you to remember this. I want you to have the right foundation, the right basis. I chose you. I love you. I'm working in your life. And I want you to keep this perspective that I've secured your future. You're going, oh, no, this is all going to hell in the handbasket. And God said, I have secured your future. Look what he says here in that fourth verse. He says, now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Here's Peter saying this, this is a priceless gift and God wants to reorient our thinking sometimes because we are now so preoccupied with the here and now. He's saying, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not your home. We're sojourners. We're exiles here. And I've got this, I've got this priceless eternal inheritance prepared for you. It's there. That's the good news. Once we've got it, nobody can take it away. In fact, he wants us to get to the point that, that, that we just live out of the assurance of that day by day. Here's the deal. I uh, met a guy last week, you know, that uh, just was talking so much about, you know, the Lord and loving Jesus and, and all this kind of stuff and wanting to do stuff and teaching and this kind of stuff. But we began to talk about this whole aspect of assurance. Uh, he wasn't there. He wasn't sure. Wow, this is one of the ways where Satan robs us so often. It's whenever we don't know and we, we aren't living in that blessed assurance that there's nothing that can take that away from us. He has said, um, God has reserved this. He's reserved this for us as His children. Uh, that's a reservation that will never be canceled. Uh, nothing can do that. And uh, he's saying he's kept it pure and undefiled. It will not reach any kind of change or decay. He's saying, I want you to bank on that. I want you to live on that. I want you to allow that to completely overhaul your day-to-day -day living. You know, and so, you know, we've all owned the computers these days and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, yeah, there's an undo button. You ever had to use that undo button whenever something crazy happens? Uh, and uh, I'm grateful for that, but here's, the, here's what God's saying. There is no undo when it comes to you. When it comes to our salvation, when it comes to being His children, there is absolutely no undo. Uh, you, anybody can, everybody in the world can try to uh, push that. It's not going to change a thing. He said, I want you to live in that blessed assurance. Um, look at this next verse out of Titus 3, 4, and 5. He says, 
God our Savior showed us how good and kind He is. He saved us because of His mercy and not because of any good things that we have done. So here's another just encouragement, another affirmation. It's saying it's not any good things that you've done that has brought us into a relationship with Him. And it's not going to be because of the bad things that you do that's going to take us out. It has not anything to do with your performance or my performance, with our good deeds or bad deeds. It's God in His wonderful mercy. So the reason that there's, uh, for a lot of people that has, uh, and again, this past week was talking with somebody that's like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I, I can, you know, commit to that yet. And they're concerned that they're not going to be able to, to live up to their end of the commitment. They're going to be able to follow through. They're going to be able to be good. And it has nothing to do with that. The fact is, is when Jesus Christ comes and introduces Himself to us through the Holy Spirit, He's saying, I'm going to do for you what you can never do. And it's not based on your ability to kind of be religious or, or be spiritual or whatever. No, no, it's based on your willingness to humble yourself before God that He may lift you up. Just say, I surrender all. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge what you've done for me. No matter what happens, what he's saying here is, I will never lose my salvation. If you're struggling with that, let's talk. Please, let's talk. Because again, that's been something that has robbed so many of so much. You know, we can lose our house. You know, we can you know, lose our car. We can lose our job. We, we will never lose this. And God says, listen, you're not built for this world. This, this is just temporary. This is just temporary. In light of eternity... You can enjoy it, have fun in the pool, jump around, splash and all that kind of stuff, but you can't live in it. Now, you're not made for that. You can enjoy it. You can also get in trouble there. And he's saying, enjoy this, enjoy this. But the way that you can is only through me. True joy comes only through him because Jesus is our joy. He said, I want you to remember that. I want you to hold on to that. So here's Peter's conclusion. In verse 6, he says, So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. He's saying, I just, I just want you to keep perspective. Please don't lose perspective. You know, and as Henry Blackaby says, God is rarely early, but never late. Now, again, I was talking with someone, you know, this week is going, I don't know, I don't know if I can hold on. I can't hold on any longer. God is rarely early, but never late, and His grace is sufficient. His perspective is, is that whatever problems that we're going through, whatever difficulties that we're going through, He's saying, I want you to remember, you're part of my family. You're part of my royalty. That's salvation. I am still working in your life. That's sanctification. And I, listen, no matter what, my future, your future is secure in me. And that's our glorification. Those are those big words that, you know, we don't spend a lot of time with. But He saves us. He sanctifies us. And then one day we will be glorified with Him face to face. Here's the other aspect of, as far as Peter's conclusion. Do you realize how fortunate you are? Angels would have given anything to be in on this. Going, what? Are you kidding me? Well, you know, that's not the way the NIV puts it. It just says, 
uh, by the Holy Spirit. Even angels long to look in these things. You know, that, that, you're going, what? No. We have an opportunity to encounter and to experience the power, the grace, the goodness, the truth, the deliverance, the blessings, the provision of God as no one else. And then he comes down to this last, this last deal, which is really uh, the theme of our whole um, series. What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have Him, this Father of our Master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. That day is coming. But right now, there's... Still the, the struggles and the discouragement. Uh, I've been just, just, again, through personal encounters this last week, just seen some major uh, struggles, some difficulties, some problems. And, and it may be that not, it's you that's going through that. And today, I just want us to, to, to really take God at His Word and, and to pray and just come and cast our cares before the Lord. I want to give us some time at the end of the, now at the end of the service to really do that. To just come and say, God, I'm just so tormented by the, I'm so discouraged, I'm all this, but Lord, I'm going to come and I'm going to embrace Your promises. I'm going to allow You to remind me through Your Word and through Your Holy Spirit uh, that I am Yours and that, Lord, You've given me safety and security in You. And it may be something that you're going through or a family member's going through. And, and the world and the evil one is just trying to just seek to kill, kill and destroy. And you're going, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be prideful, but I'm going to come and I'm going to present my, uh, myself to the Lord. And it may be that there's somebody that you know that you're just burdened about or you just want prayer this morning. I want to encourage you to allow God to, to work His way. God's work done God's way. Never lacks God's supplies or resources. But it starts with us humbling ourselves before Him. And not being proud about not saying, ah, oh, no, no, no. He's saying, come. Come. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Come. So whatever is on your heart, if there's something that uh, we can pray with you about, I want to encourage you to use these few moments right now just to come and cast your cares before the Lord. Let's do that. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.